Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats, where every week I, comedian Preet Singh, will host a guest who has challenged South Asian norms, whether that be through pursuing a passion as a career or devoting their work to challenging the status quo and taboos within our communities. So sit back, grab a smosa, and enjoy. So we're here with Raj Pujara. 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 Fuck's sake, let's do that again. You had one job. No, yeah, Pujara, Pujara. <laughs> no, let that stay, man. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. so we, on the videos, we do like a little intro thing. Like, fuck you, man. <laughs> so here, we're here with... Oh, Pujara. Pujara. Like, imagine, right, oh, there's a jar there, someone's taking a poo in it, and you're like, raw. <laughs> So we're here with comedian Raj Pujara. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. <laughs> what are you fucking laughing at the for? That took you too long. It took me about three takes to say his name properly. We're effectively from the same subcontinent, so you're forgiven, white people. At least you didn't call me Singh. That could have been, that that could be, have been wait, worse. You've got the beard and the hair, bro. It's true. <laughs> I was like, is this guy one of our people? I get mistaken a lot. I get mistaken for another comedian a lot as well. Oh, so do you know uh, Dunman? Yeah. Yeah, Bamra. So Same we, person I get mistaken for. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So he hit me up with a message. So we recently got to know each other, right? So he hit me up and was like, I was at a house party and somebody said to me, oh, I saw you at that place. And he was like, no, that wasn't me. And they were like, are you not pre? And he was like, no, 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 I'm not. And he messaged me that. I was like, for fuck's sake. Honestly, like, we'd done the same, we were on the same bill. And after we came off, someone come up to him and it was like, that joke you did about profit was amazing. <laughs> and he started correcting people. But then it happened so often, he just started going, yeah, it took me ages to write that. It was really, it took <laughs> it me ages, really just joke. owned it. He just owned my joke. I get people, so my name, the comedy name I use is Preet Sim, right? Fairly simple name, couple of syllables in there. I did this like uber left wing night over in Southwest England, where I was like, okay, these people, I was the only ethnic act I think I was the, yeah, I was the only ethnic act. Every, everybody else is white. Get on, and they were like, please welcome to the stage, Mr. Singh. And I was fucking fuming, because that's the worst anybody. Because they couldn't say it. They couldn't say Preet. Preet. Preet Singh. They were like, please welcome to the stage. It's like Mr. Preet Singh. Stick, like they've been using it their whole life. I'm totally with <laughs> And like, I always say to them, I'm like, it's like, preet like feet, preet like feet. And like, you can tell they blush a little bit. They're like, oh yeah, put that toe in my mouth. <laughs> do you struggle with white crowds, do you reckon, with your material? No. I, I, so obviously the mix, and I think every comedian will say, the best, well, the best crowd is like a mixed crowd. Every mm. age, every demographic, blah, blah, blah. But white crowds usually, because if they're middle class white, I'll like get them to warm up with like some softest, like where you're poking fun at you, like your own culture or like yourself. So I'll get them to open up like that. Or if it's the other way where it's like, I call them the white guilt crowds. Right. Like, you know, mid twenties, definitely uber left wing. Like they're just going to laugh at whatever you say. And I never struggle with that. I've done some proper racist. I, I did one, which is about 20 minutes from where I live. And in the half, so I was on, I was opening the second half. Somebody came up to me in the toilet. I went for a piss. Somebody came up to me and was like, just so you know, mate, and it's a hand on heart. I know it sounds like it's a bullshit story. Hand on heart, true story. 
He was like, oh, just so you know, mate. I'm at the urinal. I've got my dick out. And he was like, just so you know, mate, this is a good British pub. <laughs> I was like, oh, nice. That's, uh, that's nice. He was like, yeah, yeah, just so you know, Matt. Like, you know, we like a pint and we like a bacon. You know, like, that, that, that's how we like. I was like, okay, cool. I didn't say anything. Went out. And then I spent about 10 minutes just roasting him <laughs> on the stage. Swear, everybody afterwards, they, people were at, uh, I went along the whole line, this is what happened in the toilets at the yeah. Everybody laughed because they were like, hey, it's true, this is a good British pub, this is a good British pub. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. But then I spent 10 minutes talking about how he was a confidence boost, like standing next to him at the Iran was a confidence boost. <laughs> I, I went off to like rapturous applause and in the, uh, and at, in the second interval or whatever, they were calling him baby dick. Oh like, yes, that's a little win for for the ethnics. For the ethnics. Yeah. What's like what's the worst? Have you ever, like you must have like some experiences like with white crowds or Yeah, but I think cuz I don't look Indian it they don't know it till I say it. Right. Like they'll hear the name and they'll be like, "Oh, clearly like character act. His mum was a fan of Gandhi or something <laughs> like called him Rajiv, like that's what happened." But then I have to say, yeah, I'm Indian. I, yeah. I think I actually say I'm Indian. I don't look at it. It's a bit of a party trick for me. <laughs> like that's that's literally what I drop. Yeah. Um, but I think they don't know. They assume I'm like a mix of something. Um, so they, they I, I get the buy-in. But then when I say stuff, even then my material is mainly poking fun at Indians. Right. So right. they're on board. And then I say the P word, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that just, wait, what's the what's the what's the p word? See, I wasn't sure how <laughs> clean this was. Then you said I had my dick out, so oh, I was yeah, like, "Well, all right, everything right. goes then." Right, if at any point, if at any point, I start recommending that you work clean, feel free to punch me in the face. I've had I've had some awful fucking advice, man. Around that, somebody once I was probably about four or five gigs in. Somebody said that to me. If you swear less, you'll do a lot better. Yeah, so this is it. Like I look at my set and I'm like, "Well, that is not gonna ever go on TV." But now I think people are actually like opening up a little bit. Like you've got like a lot of like, what's that, what's that show, Islamic, where they're poking, they're mm. poking fun at like certain stuff. And I think if you do it with the right intentions, do what you want. Yeah, I suppose mine's more like the words I use than the, uh, the content's good, I yeah. think. The whole, the whole story behind it is like me going on a date with a girl who doesn't know I'm Indian and she's going bloody packy this and they're everywhere, they do what they want. <laughs> and then she says, where are you from? No, no, no. Then she, then she says something about Mr. Singh, right? Right. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Singh's actually Indian. He's not yeah. Pakistani. And she's like, same thing. Right. Then she goes, where are you from? And the whole premise of the joke is I say I'm Colombian. Right. Just to make sure that I secure the deal that night. Right. I am telling you, I am telling you, right? I, I, I swear to you, we must have like almost identical lives because I... I went to Cardiff, so one of my the same taste in women. Like, uh, <laughs> hey man, sometimes you know, sometimes you, you have a lot of chocolate. Sometimes you want a little bit of white chocolate, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, you just got. Sometimes you just got to capitalize on white guilt. That's what I say. That's my motto. Okay. Um, I went to Cardiff when I was at uni one time. We, it was Halloween. We were at a Halloween house party, and the girl there was like, even with the makeup and stuff, she could tell I wasn't like white. Mm. She's like, oh, where are you from? And I oh, like, you white faced, did you? I white face. Okay, okay. White facing is 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 the one. <laughs> right? What did you go as? Out of curiosity. Clown. So I had the whole like get up and the hair and all that shit. Basic, but all right. Yeah, I, hey man, I'm a basic. <laughs> I'm a basic dude. Basic in all senses. Right? So she was like, "Oh, where are you from?" And I, I, I said that as well. I was like, oh, "I'm from Colombia." 
No way. I swear, hand on heart, right? And she was like, oh, and we actually ended up getting off that, that night. And afterwards, she was a little bit like, basically what I'm saying is this is my Me Too case. <laughs> oh, yeah, you technically, you frauded her, yeah. I, I catfished the woman, yeah. So Let's bang out a we might have to edit this out. By the way, I am not. Why? I am not being me too before fame. I refuse to be the first guy. No, but that's like lying about how rich you are, isn't it? And then is that acceptable? Yeah. We got a couple of girls in the room, so is right? that acceptable to lie about how rich you are or your race? Like, let's say you got a gift out of it to begin with, right? So he was fronting like he's really rich, but he bought you this banging bracelet. And if I was fronting on Colombian, there's going to be some happy powder. <laughs> so you got something out of it. Yeah, I think if it, if it was something short term and doesn't really mean much, and it was just a good time, you don't really give a shit. So Long basically term, what... Like, okay, here's the thing. I don't have any So if it's short term, basically, if you're looking to get some booty, you can lie. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, but you already love him. So now you're saying that the fact is... It's not the fact that they're poor, it's the fact that they're lying about it. Yeah, definitely. Good save. That is absolutely Good save. No, no, I'm, I'm not sure if that came through, but what they just said was, it's, it's not the fact that he's poor, it's the fact that he lied. <laughs> Fuck you. If it was the other way around, and let's say you thought this guy was poor, you fell in love with him and he came out as rich, you'd be like, well, shit. And not only that, you wouldn't have spoke to him if he was poor in the first place. Definitely. That is definitely fucking true. And I'm the same. I'm, I'm the, if I look at a girl and I think, oh, she's visibly poor. No, I'm like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> what the fuck are you looking? He's speechless, right? What, what do you mean? If a, if a girl is there, she's got she, she, What's visibly poor? Vi- yeah. Homeless people, that's it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, who's trying to fuck a homeless woman? I'm just saying, if, no, no, what I'm saying is, if Megan Fox was homeless, would you? Yes. There you go then. Everybody's trying to fuck a homeless person, right? Sometimes I look at a girl and I think, oh man, if only you were a crack whore, like, I could definitely get with that. <laughs> again, again, we might have to edit this out. This is the first, this we're going to have a two minute episode at this yeah. rate. This is the first. This is the first comedian we've had on, and I've already like let loose. I've done two. I've done two podcasts on domestic violence in a row. Oh shit! I, I, I needed this. It's time for a release. Go for it. Got it. So what's the what, what's the worst gig you've ever done? Ooh, that's a good question. And it wasn't the worst gig because of the gig. To be well, it wasn't because of me. Like no, I didn't bomb yeah, okay. all, all my material. But what happened was there was two people in the crowd. Yeah. So I went all this way to this gig, two people in the crowd, and the two people were the two people I bought with me. No. So there was no one there, and I just performed to the promoter, basically. And the two people didn't even laugh because they'd seen my set so many times, they just wanted something to do that night. <laughs> okay, that does sound pretty But good. I know the material's good because I've used it before. Yeah. So that's why I say that's probably the worst gig. Have you ever done and I've any- done Gong twice. I was just about to say, how did that go? Smashed it both times. The comedy store. Smashed Shit. it both. No cards, no heckles. Oh, okay. I rate that. That's 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 a big thing for people that don't don't know. Did you get the spot? The price no. Spot? So so I did it the first time. Shitting myself, and I tried to make it a science. I was like, all right, if I go on at this position after this person, I'll be fine. Ratatatata. Mm. So I went on, and my first joke kills, and it's only about. 
15 seconds long but I'll probably get laughed until a minute it's like yeah. people start looking at me and just laughing and there's always one woman that laughs non-stop yeah. and I just let her finish because I've got to get to five minutes and then I smashed it came off and then that time I got to the joke off and there was three of us and I lost to a Martin Martin Durkoff oh yeah, yeah quality yeah. comedian um, cool, I'll take that because I was like three months into comedy then. Yeah. So I was like, fine, I'll take the L. Then this, the next time I wanted to do it was August because I thought all the good comedians are in Edinburgh. <laughs> I'll go now and just secure my spot. And uh, I didn't, I went in September. I was like, it's a sign, it's my sister's birthday. I'm going to go do this, I'm going to win. But I didn't have a spot, so I decided to come on from the audience, which works in your favour because you yeah. you, you're the underdog and you're one of them, right? And I went on and I went back to my original set that I did the first time because I was like, I know that works. I'm just going to do it again. Yeah. Exactly how I did it. And I went on, I did it, got through it. And then I, w I went on in the first half again and five or six comedians went through. Uh, people like Andy Zapp. Um, funny woman of the year yeah and then there was someone from Ireland and then they only whittled it down to three to do the joke off but they did a clap off to do that uh, so I didn't make it through that clap off but yeah. I was so early on people just probably forgot and the people that went to the clap off were the last two and they were the last two on right and someone texted me and it was like it didn't make sense because as they went through the claps just got louder so they would, the audience was just clapping louder as you went along the list. They should right. have just given everyone a minute. It's only a minute. It would have right. only gone up to like six more minutes of the show. Yeah. Because my one minute joke was a banger. <laughs> uh, but I never got through. So then I emailed them. I was like, look, I've done it twice. I beat it twice. Both times with no cards. Can you just give me a spot? Yeah. And they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, fair enough. A lot of these gong shows do that though. It's like, so I did, I had something similar happen at, um, you know, the honk show. No. With Brian Gittins over in... Brian Gittins, the guy that does like Afterlife with Ricky Gervais and stuff. So at Moth Club, he runs a gong show, effectively. Okay. But it was the rowdiest fucking crowd I've ever done. So I gone first. I didn't realise, right? But he doesn't just bring you on and then you tell your jokes. He brings you on. Didn't say anything beforehand in the green room, nothing. He brings you on and then he'll have a chat with you on stage. Oh, snap. I'm a, I literally almost about dive into my... And he's like, hold on, hold on. And I'm like, oh, fuck's sake so I've lost my first joke immediately because they've heard the first snippet I go on I, I, my material's bombing for like a good minute uh, and then what I does just, he ask you though? nonsense I can't even remember I've got a video of it somewhere but basically it, it's just like a little way from how long you've been doing comedy and then you crack a couple of jokes at like kind of at your expense but kind of not but then I, um, I go into my set two minutes just bomb I'm like, two, two of these fucking honks, they give you a honker. Oh, right. Two of these honkers are going, I'm like, for fuck's sake. Then I start roasting the people with the honks. Good move, always smart. <laughs> it, I end up going through to the five minutes. Oh, nice. Like, yeah, yeah, so I roast these two, they weren't liking the ones that were honking. The third guy, I start roasting him, because he's this dude with a receding hairline, fucking... One of those, yeah, midlife crisis yeah, moustaches. Mid yeah, 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 and a midlife, midlife crisis <laughs> moustache. Beard like this, and he looks like an AIDS victim, right? Oh, I start. I, I would have ended that bit out too. Nah, fuck it. I'll say what I want. I finally got a platform where I can say whatever the fuck I want to say, right? So, and that's what I was saying on stage. I was like, you look like AIDS. I was like, you look like the devil, bro. Like, oh, got to stand up. He's wearing like red, a suit with a red fucking. I'm like, bro. This he is probably crazy. did look like, I'm just picturing it now because obviously 
if you've got a receding hairline, you've got hair on the sides, it looks a bit like horns yes, from an yeah, angle, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> this is what I'm saying. So I start, calling, I start cracking jokes about that. Um, and then I make it through to the five. Like, by the skin of my teeth. Go through. And then the last, they did a, right at the end of the show, they did a, does anybody want to come off? And obviously this fucking prick. Obviously Devil a man. Decent, com- nah, oh. decent comedian in the audience gets up. I didn't even think he was that funny, right? And I, yeah, yeah, no, I don't give a fuck. But like, it, I didn't think he was that funny. Yeah. Nor did the audience, because he was dying for like two minutes. But then he just like... He had repeat, one joke. Yeah, kept yeah. repeating the same fucking joke. Did well. We get to the clap off. And I think Martin was there that night as well. And... Ah, uh, it's a black comedian. Really fucking good. Does a lot of material about being a doctor. Um, one and Michael had a Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Re- really fucking good, yeah, right? Yeah, he's good. And then... Um, them, them guys went on and the third fucking comedian oh, and Tom Mayhew as well actually oh, that's a stacked lineup, man I know right so then that's they do the clap off on stage and obviously I didn't fucking but it's, it's nice to beat it though yeah, isn't yeah, it yeah yeah I know but that's... the comedy stores is just different gear that's the that's yeah I'd love a five there because I'm fairly confident it would like turn into a ten mm. I'm like, that confident in my ten minute set what makes you that confident? I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just never let me down. Right. And how, do you, just, how do you write? I so don't. Got that's that the problem. So I've only got 10 minutes. <laughs> so, no, no, so with that set, so how did you come about with that set? Did you have the 10 minute premise and then whittle it down so it's punchline heavy? Or No, it was what it was. And this is why I think it made a story quite nicely. Is um, I had a five minute set, uh, which starts off about me going into my my heritage into my family. So it flows quite nicely. Mm. And then I started writing up some more stuff about like turning 30, losing weight. And, but when I, cause of fear of bombing, I never did new material fully. Oh, okay. So what I used to do is I used to take my opening and my ending and I'd put the new joke in the middle. Mm. So if I was dying, I was only dying in the middle and I always left on a laugh and started with a laugh. And, um, but it, it, to make it fit, it always made a story. Mm-hmm. So once it bangs, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So it went to a seven, to a ten. But it, it just flows well because of the way I slot it in, it makes a huge story. Yeah. Eventually, that's not going to work. But yeah, yeah right now. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've always been like the, the kind of opposite. So I, I used to be like that where it was just like, it, it probably my first especially my first six months where I was just like, I had this fear of just like bombing. So mm. I had this five minutes that oh, I was like, the opening bit was about airport security and I always used to hate it, but it goes down so well and it's quite punchline heavy. And now I've dropped it, but it's the first two minutes is that, but I always felt kind of like, cause it, and it's not a true story. It's okay. based on like shit that my dad like goes through and like all of that. I've never had any problems at airport security. So I'm trying to write a bit about airport security. <sighs> Purely because my dad is airport security. Oh, that, okay. So that's like... And I've, well, he's actually immigration. All right. So this is fantastic. So I think it's hilarious yeah. that he tells other Indians that they cannot come to the country. Okay. So that's a totally... That's a unique yeah. angle on it. Yeah. Mine was just very basic. You get pulled aside. You get fingered. You go home, right? Um, so I always used to hate that bit, but it was so punchline heavy. It was just like, I'd always end up doing it. Just yeah. to like start off well. And then I just started like... I saw like... I call it six months success. Where like, you know, where like people start telling you, oh, you're really funny, like come do this gig. Yeah. And you jump on like, you do like a few paid spots, a few like pro gigs. And then you start thinking, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm fucking great. <laughs> Quit my job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I end up, um, 
then I ended up just going on stage with like ideas and like that taught me like I, I, I'd bomb but then sometimes I'd do really fucking well mm. I'd interact and I'd get punchlines from that and then overall it would feed into like my quote unquote pro set quite well but I was I'd bomb at these open mics and these promoters even to this day to be fair some promoters just think I'm fucking shit right because all yeah, I do is like, I'll get yeah. on and like, I'll, I'll fuck around and whatever but it feeds quite well into like what I'm like yeah yeah I see what you mean stuff. and it's super annoying yeah, because I get most of my gigs from either someone recommending me or someone just hitting me up on Instagram or saying, yeah. I saw you here. So that's why I'm so scared to bomb. Right. right. But your approach is a much smarter approach because then you'll get more, you'll churn out more things. But yeah. do you just sit with a pen and just... I, I think at some point you have to. Yeah, I so try I, and do... Someone told me to do five hours a week. Now that's like 40 minutes a day. That's not bad. So I was like, I'll half that to start with. Yeah, 20 minutes a day is something you can do. So I've started doing that. And it's usually you'll get like an idea or something, innit? I write bullshit. I just write. Sometimes I'm writing about the fact that I'm writing. Yeah, yeah. Just writing whatever I'm thinking. Although then sometimes I do like, so I'm I'm writing a bit now about like Netflix. Okay. And um, have you seen the two fucking India documentaries on there? The Wild Wild Country and then the Bikram Yoga one. I've seen Wild Wild Country. Bro, oh, those two, to me, are like fucking perfect writing material. What did you think of Wild Wild Country? Oh, do you know what? I don't know. So, uh, just to fill fill you guys in. So, basically, Wild Wild Country is about, like, an Indian... Guru, I guess? Yeah, a guru, sane... I don't know what. He's basically, like, just a holy man, I guess. That's, like, the generic, isn't it? So, it's like this holy man that, like, flees India or, like, leaves India to start, like, a community... And what he ends up doing is setting up this community in fucking redneck America. And it just sort of kicks off from there. They become like a cult. And then like they start like plotting bombings and terrorism, I guess. They were like 500,000 strong though. That's, that's what I was thinking. That's and, like, nuts. This, like what's he doing that's making people... He must be putting ecstasy in the water or something. Well, they were putting stuff in the water, weren't they? What? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, so I watched it a little while ago. I'm re-watching it now. I'm like three so, yeah, in. so when they decided they wanted to get the vote, yeah, they started putting like tranquilizer things in the homeless people. So, <laughs> so they went off and obviously kidnapped a bunch of homeless people, didn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. they didn't kidnap them. They persuaded them to come and live in their commune. Persuaded. Yeah, with food and beer. But then they realised that these these homeless people were aggressive and they'd like fight and they'd want beer so they'd get two beers a day right and so in those two beers they'd put this tranquilizer so everyone was just happy all the time it's 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 unreal i'm convinced as well right that you can convince an insecure middle-class white person to do anything you want just with the promise of freedom and like no day job do you reckon both of these guys. These just people were paying hundred. Do you reckon you could convince someone to give you a hundred thousand dollars? If I let my hair down and started wearing robes, I reckon so. <laughs> you kind of look a bit like it. This is what I'm saying. All, yeah, this is what I'm saying, right? I reckon I, all, all I need is a stage, some robes, let my hair down, maybe con- concoct like a nice story about how I was traveling in the Himalayas or some shit, and then like a spirit spoke to me, and that spirit wants me to just like advocate free love and. Then, like, come on, come on, I'll look after you guys. I reckon I could definitely get, like, at least a few people to follow me. He was start. hella smart, though. But he didn't do anything. Yeah, he, he took a vow of silence. for. But Sheila, yeah. Oh, Sheila was a bad man. 
Sheila is his secretary. She's a Patel, actually. I don't know if that means anything. I'm not going to lie to you. As soon as they were from India, I was like, at least one of these fucks is a Patel. <laughs> I only saw it on the documentary. I was like, oh, shit, she's a Patel. I thought they were all Sikhs. No, no, no. This was the mental thing, right? None of them had, like, they'd renounce their religions and shit. Okay. And follow this guy, which is what made me think, like, if I went to, like, a bunch of, like, really religious people, like, imagine if I went to, like, a bunch of Catholics, middle-class Catholics, and I was like, look, you come join my religion, you still get to heaven, and you can fuck whoever you want to fuck. No brainer, innit? Because <laughs> I've, I've just upped Jesus by offering you heaven, but then you can also, like, finger bang. Yeah, but you got to give me a load of money to do it. Yeah, but that comes afterwards, doesn't it? When they're, like, two... Once you've sold them. One, once they've, like, once they've come, I reckon that's when he went... Once they've what? Once they've come, like... Like, uh, actually. Communal orgies. Okay, right, right. I thought you meant once they've <laughs> entered the vicinity, <laughs> not entered the vicinity. I don't... Uh, I wasn't saying, like, <laughs> soon as, soon as soon as he sucked them off. Right? <laughs> it was... It, it, also, it, was he not calling himself God the whole time? Because Bhagwan means God, right? This is the... It's, yeah, so this is the thing. This is what I'm saying. It, like... Because white people weren't speaking the language, he was like, oh, I'm no God, but like, bro, you're literally calling yourself yeah, God. Yeah, you're called God, mate. Yeah, like, go on. and then I don't understand how like one of these religious extremists didn't just kill him. I don't understand that. If he was taking all these... I think he was pretty untouchable. He had a bulletproof Rolls Royce. Yeah, true. But that's what I'm saying. I, I, I really appreciate the flex. He was stunting Do you know what? I was stunting. watching it, yeah. I was like, 21 Rolls Royces, two private jets, a fat yard... I'm like, that beard's fake. He takes it off and he's in the strip club at night. <laughs> a thousand percent. He was just a fraud. He's just a fraud. It was amazing. That documentary to me was like fucking crazy. Because at one point I was like, okay, shit, this commune actually looks kind of nice. Yeah. Like halfway through the series, you're like, okay, well, you know, it's just like the locals were like revolting, weren't they? They were like, oh, they're coming over, taking our land. Yeah, they, they weren't really, the, the land weren't being used. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were only going to live in their little bit. And then the the rednecks forced Sheila to go and buy all their properties. <laughs> she just went and bought everyone's house. If this, this is what I'm saying. Sheila, to me, was... You, need, you guys need to watch this, by the way. Like, you need to watch this documentary. Right? I think we've ruined it for everyone. No, but it's like, we could, we could, we could give you every detail. Until you watch it yourself, you don't understand how crazy it was. And she was like, so she, she, imagine like they were your worst enemy and the way you get rid of them is by making them homeless. With, but it, she paid them. She didn't mock them. She overpaid, if anything. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it's kind of like, look, I am so powerful. I'm she, gonna, yeah, she just power, I'm, I'm, I'm power moved ass. them. Yeah, that's a boss move. So they're like, we're not leaving and their house is worth like 10 grand. She's like, give you 50 grand, just leave. And they're I like, reckon okay. She, <laughs> I reckon Sheila could fix Brexit. She could fix Brexit. She's in Switzerland anyway. So this is what I'm saying. She's probably she's probably the one that caused Brexit. (laughs) She's funding Boris Johnson for this hard Brexit just so she can buy up everybody everybody's house. It's interesting though. But at the end, who's who do you think was running it? At the end, as in like yeah. So like obviously it was them two celebrities, wasn't it? No, no. So that's who replaced Sheila, right? Yeah. But I suppose the end of the show, I didn't really, really, really work out whether Bhagwan or Sheila was the shot caller. Oh, that's interesting. Because he was saying she was to get away with it. She was saying I was doing what he's telling me to. She done time in prison. He just got sent back to India. (laughs) 
And then there was this poor little white girl <laughs> who got 10 years. <laughs> and she done four and a half and went to Switzerland. <laughs> Big guy just took his money and went to India. And then this white girl's just in prison for 10 years, comes out and her son's got a brain tumor. Like, and she can't even go to America because she's not allowed to go to America. Uh, this is it's, what happens when people when you join cults okay let this be a lesson to you don't trust Indians this is so, <laughs> yes I'm, I'm so fucking with you on that right because that Bikram yoga guy oh you need to watch that one. And so I'm like halfway through, I'm, I got to the bit where he put her in some sort of position where your legs over your head so it's the splits in the air yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's it and then I got to the bit where he pressed up on her and I fell asleep so I watched it I was watching it in bed that's like her prime time to go to sleep and that's like <laughs> I mean I mean you're watching it in bed you fell asleep are you sure there wasn't a box of tissues around <laughs> because that documentary gets explicit as fuck does it yeah, they don't show anything but oh, oh yeah obviously but the descriptions I was like are you guys like explaining what he did or are you dirty talking to me what's yeah. what's, what's going on he was he was a weird one as well innit he was oh, I think Indians in power is just a scary concept this, power so, and money this is my thing right imagine you pick up a bog standard taxi driver right some guy that's just been in the country for a few months and all of a sudden he's telling people that he's made yoga and he's the smartest dude ever and he's rich of course he's going to have some cases of sexual misconduct against him like he was oh man he was amazing because he looked ugly as fuck like he used to he really held on to the bun as well for time yeah i was like look bro just wear a bun all right let it go man cover cover the head up that's just gonna slip off bruv his head was shiny as hell bro (laughs) he was was an interesting dude though because he he made a ton of money he could have paid women to sleep with him but he was just, I reckon it was a power Do you thing. think it's like a, this is going to sound fucked up. Oh dear God, go on. I live for Do this. you think it's like a power and money and cultural thing, right? Because India, notoriously known for a very high rape count. Yeah, the attitudes towards women and stuff mm. are like messed up. But then also you've got like Bollywood and it's like infamous casting couch like way worse than like you know this Harvey Weinstein stuff yeah you ever like read some of these Bollywood accusations no I don't, I don't actually what I think the last film I saw was 1942 Love Story oh so I, I don't even know what that is I don't fuck with Bollywood at all that's like I think it came out in 1942 like, <laughs> I, I don't know I don't it's, fuck with Bollywood at all but I read some of these accusations when that Weinstein stuff kicked off bro that shit will make your skin crawl for yeah I, I can imagine it wouldn't even surprise me i don't think like, imagine, I, yeah I, in the films they dance around trees and you can't even kiss yeah, each everybody's other like, oh my God, someone told me that's not the case now someone's like it's very free yeah they do they, whatever the fuck they, they yeah they just yeah straight up apparently so yeah monster ball of bollywood yeah straight up power fucking that's just like three hours of just people power fucking that's I, what get, I could get back into it I mean it, <laughs> it's been a few years <laughs> yeah no I, I do think it is cultural there is a cultural point to mm. it because you uh, like whenever I took I used to work with a lot of freshies right I won't what say did you where. do I went, no what was the job pizza I, I used to work in a pizza shop like mainstream pizza shop or right, <laughs> like, we're, we're snitching on this shit we ain't doing them things <laughs> Like, we use the moped guy at least. Nah, I used, oh, to work, I used to work inside. I was like 15, 16 at the time. Did you make the pizzas? No. Okay. He's just the phone <laughs> guy. Yeah, I was the phone guy, right? So and when I'm, you answered the phone, did you say, hi, it's... 
It's the place I'm working. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like the feds, bro. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> like, investigation detective Raj over here. Um, so, when I used to I, work there, there was a lot of freshies that worked there. And some of the stuff they used to come out with. And I'm, bearing in mind, I'm like a 16-year-old boy who's got his own levels of horny, right? But, oh, my God. Like, they used to, like, really be some fucked up people there. And I'm like, I remember once they were perving on these chicks, and I was like, bro, I I go to school with them. Yeah, they don't give and a I fuck. I had to leave. I had to leave, and then I I, I mentioned it to my mum, and she was like, yeah, no, this is just like endemic. It's it's bad over there, like it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So like when you when you take so somebody then, out of that environment and put them into this quote unquote free MTV Western culture, they go a little bit nuts in it. They don't mm. understand the concept of consent and like. And I think it was a power dynamic with that Bikram Yoga guy. It was definitely but a power again, dynamic. Again, like, going back to Wild Wild Country, he were, there was no accusations against him. Yeah, true. He was oh, well, not on the show anyway, but... But, it, but he was very free about sex when he was like, you yeah. must bang. Yeah. And I, mean, I think Sheila was... Sheila was definitely... Yeah. Sheila but he was, says, isn't it? He says, I didn't sleep with her. That's why she's vexed. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get the bag one D. Imagine if that's, imagine if that's the actual case. Imagine if that's well, she's just case. a stressed out she was side just, chick. She was so angry that he didn't make her come. Like, because you got you got to remember this guy was probably fucking in India. Probably. He was like a hundred years old. That's like sixty years of fucking. Yeah, he probably was not hundred years working. old. He, he he was he was ancient. He was 69, I think, when he died. <laughs> Ironic. <laughs> <laughs> cool C words. Good old, good old Osho. Oh, see, this is this is this is where I fucked up because I googled him to see where he was, like what he was about, and mm. obviously I read that he died, so I was like, oh, that's the ruin the end of the show for me. Really? Oh no, because like I said, he was he was set in like the 80s. Yeah, the then 90s. I realised he died in '92. I was yeah. um, I was three, so. Oh. Shame you never got to meet him. But do you think there's anyone? <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's anyone like that these days? Uh, a million percent. A hundred percent. I can tell you like oh, my own stories, bro. When we used to go back to India, so I, my parents were pretty traditional and stuff, but they're quite no nonsense. Like I could never imagine them being part of like a cult or anything. When you say no nonsense, like in what? Just in that is Sikhism or nothing. Okay. Like, yeah, they're like we we ain't following no man that's alive. Nothing like you know, they don't believe in none of these holy men stuff. But when we went to India as kids, you know, you have like um, these holy men that used to come around to villages and shit. Essentially, they'd like threaten you with like bad luck in it unless mm. you, unless you give them money. And I remember uh, a holy man once came to our village over in India who'd had a couple of like accusations against him. I must have been about. 11, 12 at the time. Bro, these villagers, he'd had accusations of like molesting children and shit, right? These villagers tied him up. I know, oh yeah, yeah, your eyes are getting wide. Yeah, they tied him up to the tree in the middle of like the village fucking green or whatever and left him there for four days. Just tied up. (laughs) Just tied up, right? And in the end, he just confessed, police came and got him. And yeah, four, four fucking days, bro. Oh, it, it, give, him, give him a little hit, like. Huh? Didn't hit him a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, was, he had the shit beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're pretty sure that people. Because realistically, the police, are, it, in those countries, you just pay and you're out. It's one of those yeah. ones, isn't it? Um, Did you have any experiences like that? I had one recently, you know, on Fred Needle Street. 
<laughs> okay, Harry Christians. Nah, this was weird. This guy was in a suit, but he was definitely Asian. Yeah. And he like, he stopped me. I thought he was going to ask for directions. He had a suit and that on. And he like, started to read my future or some shit. I don't know what he did, right? He told me to write something down, like my lucky number or something. Yeah. And then he said, you are going to be very successful in the entertainment industry. And I was like, rah. <laughs> you know when they say something you want to hear? Yeah. And you're like, well, I believe it. That me and that big man, yeah. And then he pulled out another piece of paper out of somewhere which had my lucky number on it. And then he was like, yeah, £10, please. Are you sure this wasn't Sav, the magician? <laughs> nah, it look, yeah, so it looked like magician. Like, he was like, um, then he started talking about blessings and all this. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, my Uber's down the road. Like, I've got no cash on me. I'd give him £10 just to shut up. But he was, um, he was, I don't know if he'd let, then done some like black magic on me and left. But and then you got an Uber a, and he's your driver. That's, <laughs> that's an honest fear of mine, you know. I, I'll pay him just to not... To not get any bad luck. Yeah, not that I don't even know if I believe in it, but I don't like the thought of it. Yeah, I don't think anybody likes the thought of it, but I, I think I'm now at a, uh, I'm now at a point where I, somebody can be like, "I'm going to curse you," and I'll be like, "All right, cool, man. <laughs> you can't do anything. Life hasn't done to me already. <laughs> like, my life is a mess, bro. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I I do think some some of it's like kind of nonsense. It's like mental health. Like we were speaking off air a couple of days ago about mental health, and then um. It's like when people, like religious people, and I think this goes across cultures, but I definitely see it in the South Asian community and African communities actually, where somebody's got mental health issues and they'll be like, oh, this guy's possessed or he's got bad luck or something. That's what they believe, isn't it? That is what they believe. And they do all that. But it's so easy. Yeah. To convince them. But some, some stuff's like, like, my, like the other day, my granddad was telling me this weird story about Back home, like if you got red eye, then the, the like local woman would hang a string with a cotton bud at the bottom, and she'd burn the string, and blood would come out of the cotton, which is from your eye. And I was like, okay, granddad's lost his mind. <laughs> then my dad was like, no, I've seen it as well. And my dad's not really one to like. Yeah fall for that sort of thing he's like yeah I saw it I saw it and my mum come in from the kitchen she's like I've seen that in India as well maybe it's like a trick it's a science I think there's a science to it maybe yeah either it's like there's some scientific explanation but your eye's not red anymore just (laughs) solved red eye tell your parents (laughs) to get in contact with this person because I want them on the podcast we're talking about 1972 Uganda like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 1972 Uganda like, I don't know it is, it is pretty crazy and like, apparently not everyone can do it what the yeah it's like I was like oh so why don't you do that for me when I got hit in the eye and they were like no you need to have powers something yeah I'm telling you it's definitely gonna be the cotton buds like got like a blood packet or something in it and then she's they're not Hollywood stunt women they're in saris bro <laughs> you'd be surprised you'd be surprised at some nah. of this stuff what, so they're just waiting with their blood pack for someone to get red eye? Yeah, yeah. Like, Come on, man. We're going to fleece him for money. This, blood, this, red, this red blood pack's going out of date, guys. So I get red eye. It's like... No, but it is. It's got to be something like that. Because don't you ever watch these documentaries where somebody will convince somebody that they're like possessed? It's, it's, it's got to be science. It's got to be the heat from the fire is evaporating a small bit of... Yeah, yeah. Always yeah, that. it's always the science. That, yeah. But like, I was. Have you seen Abducted in Plain Sight on Netflix? No. 
Bro, so we're talking about okay. So this is that sounds right up my street, though. Yeah, it's gonna get pretty dark, and I won't ruin the whole thing for you if you're gonna watch it, right? But basically, (laughs) this paedophile manages to manipulate and like create this whole story about this like child that enabled her parents to let him sleep with her. What? But 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 in their eyes, he's just sleeping with her to cure his paedophilia. Nothing's going on. He's just sleeping in the same bed. Would it, was he paying them or anything? No, no, he manipulated them that much. I'm not gonna again. I'm not gonna ruin it too. But he was fucking both of the parents separately. So he was banging both the parents and the child. Both the parents and the child. But he was only banging the parents to get to the child. And did the parents know that he was banging each up each? No, night? not until later on. I know it was fucking crazy, isn't it? That's wild. And That's he, a skill. Could you imagine if he utilized that skill for good? Yeah, he, do you know what I mean? Yeah. He could solve shit. Imagine if he was just manipulating his way to like stop Brexit. Ah, oh, fuck! That's the second Brexit joke I made. You're on the Brexit yeah, today, yeah, man. Jeez, I don't, I don't even know why. You've been hit by an election video this morning or something? No, I, I try. Do you know what it is? I try and suppress Brexit. I, I and now it's right just oozing it. out of you. Yeah, now I'm like, oh, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Brexit. <laughs> but he was. Do you know how he convinced my dad to like sleep with him as well? He literally, he drove him. So his dad wasn't gay? The, the dad wasn't gay? He wasn't gay until he met this guy. Fucking hell. Yeah, I know. He went, he went, he, they went on a drive to some woods and he genuinely turned around and was like, me and my wife are having marriage problems. Do you mind giving me a handjob? And the dad, who for all of his life has thought he was a straight man. Was like, yeah. Was like, yeah, 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 here you go. Just gave him quote unquote hand relief. <laughs> that was hand, quote. hand relief. That was the quote. And I've used that. Hand relief. Is and I'm going to use listen me and my. I'm just going to start bandaging my hand on dates now, and I'm like, look, <laughs> I've hurt my hand. Do you mind? I'm just so. It's really causing tension in my yeah. personal relationships. <laughs> Use your left. No, it's not, I'm not left-handed. <laughs> so, uh, I take it you're single? I am single. Yeah? Yes. That's just inquiring, just, it? just in case I need some hand relief later. <laughs> <laughs> he's ready to pimp me out. Like, listen, I've got a list of guys, and I put it out. Because I, I went to this show, and there was a woman oh, in, <laughs> in the front row who runs something called... She's getting a free plug here. I don't even know her. Soulmate Seekers. Okay. And I thought, genius. Because it's an Indian Sikh meeting group on Facebook. Somebody know this place down. (laughs) But I thought, how smart. Soulmate. Seekers. Seek. Yeah. She missed out. She actually wrote S-E-E-K-E-R. What a a trick to miss out. No, I've uh, no, I don't want this. Delete that name. Yeah. No, no, I don't. She got a free plug there as well. Yeah, soulmate seekers, go check it out and write a review. I actually don't know who she is. I don't even know what no. she looks like. But I, 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 just, I, I was in the back row, like I was just there. Yeah, I was in crowd work once, and um, there was a couple that was a quote unquote female led relationship. And what that basically means is that he he's faithful to her, she's not, but they do it with each other's consent. Oh. So basically, she fucks other dudes. And just sounds like he gets pegged, man. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he had the look of a dude that was being pegged. So she can go and sleep with whoever she wants. Yeah. And he can't. Yeah. 
How do you feel about that? Would you? Would you? Uh, literally, I'd rather never fuck another woman again. What if? Okay. <laughs> all right. What if? Because you know I do these would you rather questions on oh, my Instagram. Oh yes. If you guys don't follow Raj, we'll put his Instagram down. Those are genuinely fucking. Oh good. mate, they are. They I have like six debates a day with people. Go on. Hit, hit us up with your favorite. Um, the funeral one. People are like, oh yeah, I won't be there to see. But I'm like, no, you need to be, be in the future. Like, imagine. As in you'd know. Yeah, you'd know, yeah. Like, just fucking stop trying to be proper on, let's put, about let's it. Let's put it to these guys. What was the funeral one? Oh, would you rather no one showed up to your wedding or no one showed up to your funeral? And when, okay, and then someone else said, oh, well, if no one shows up to my wedding, I'm not marrying anyone because my husband stood me up. No, your husband's still there. Your husband is there, but like your mum, your dad, they ain't there, but your funeral, no one's there. Uh, it's Why? One, one answer for all funeral. Why? Because it's like, I don't know, your wedding is kind of for you, like, it shouldn't really be for other people, right? Oh, that's so moist. Uh, me and my <laughs> we love each other. It's our day. So why don't you go do it in private somewhere? <laughs> I don't know. This isn't you not inviting people. This is you invite people and nobody shows up. I don't know. It's both, both of them savage, to be honest. Yeah, but you've got to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Sabs. No, so you, but you're dead, but you know it happened. Imagine like on so your like, deathbed, somebody's like, nobody's showing up to your funeral. Mm. I don't think I care that much. I'm, I'm with so you. I'm with you. Shit. See, there was part of me, there was part of me that thought, there's like, all right, so this was my rationale behind it. There's part of me that thought funeral at the start, because mm. I thought all of these people whose lives I've positively impacted don't want to come and see me one last time. Yeah. Light up in flames. Because I've been lit my whole life, but now they can actually see it. Um, but then I started to think, but for my wedding, I would have actually invited those people and they stood me up. Yeah. But then I thought, I'm definitely having a funeral, but I may not have a wedding. Interesting. So... What would I actually, like, that's definitely happening. With the funeral, though, if nobody shows up to your funeral, you must have done something fucking good to make sure that nobody comes to your funeral. Like, you must, like, really... I wouldn't believe it. I'd be like, obviously, venue issues and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I said Hendon, they went South Hall. It just went wrong. (laughs) But with the wedding, I actively choose not to go to people's weddings now. Same. Oh, I fucking hate them. I have debates with my dad. So he'll be like, we're going to this wedding. I'll be like, no, we're not you're going to this wedding <laughs> and he'll be like why I'll be like alright cool this is why and I just list out all of these things where I don't like this particular person yeah and then I don't have to go anymore the, yeah so this is and then my dad goes to the wedding and they'll ask him uh, why isn't Raj here they'll be like he doesn't like <laughs> and he'll just he'll just <laughs> fucking just out me <laughs> he'll just be like yeah no, you know, he's not a fan of I, the... I had like a couple of couple of reasons why I stopped going to weddings firstly I, I would never know the person, and nor would my parents. You might meet the love of your life at one, though. I'll be honest, the way the other side's brothers look at you and shit, I do kind of think, is this, is this chicken asari worth, worth a lot of fights? And the answer is usually no. What? People try to fight you at weddings? Bro, you've never been to a Punjabi wedding. If there's not what, at least one fight... They're lit. They're, people just get hammered. Oh, man, I've seen some fucking horror... Because I used to work security, right? And I've worked security at a couple of weddings... 
And to be fair, they went without incident, but fuck me. Obviously, pre on the door, what? Pre, yeah, pre, oh, <laughs> mate, pre, pre used to be right there. <laughs> I used to do security as well. Oh, shit, what did you do security? Wembley, I was Wembley Stadium. Oh, Wembley Stadium. Yeah, oh. But I'd like the nice bit, the VIP bit. Oh, so okay. just used to stand there. But football stadium security is not like bouncers. Yeah, but you also get the concerts. So if you've got oh, like Oasis, okay. Oasis are notorious for not wanting to go to the toilet. Because they lose their spot in the crowd. Yeah, so yeah. they piss in their cup. Oh. And then they throw it in the air. Did you know I actually once got pissed on by a 40-year-old woman? Not through choice. That was the surprising bit of that sentence. But like, how? How was she so still I, higher than you? So I was working doors at this club. Oh, she pissed on your leg? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, on purpose? How did you know my leg? Well, she's not going to stand above you. <laughs> <laughs> she knocked me out and then pissed on me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it was it was down my leg. So I basically kicked out this hen party for having like a little bit of drugs on them. I was quite nice to them as well. I was like, I gave them back the drugs, which I'm not actually properly supposed to do at the time. So I popped it back in a handbag. I was like, look, get out. It was like a, a part of a door search. A couple of hours later, I'm standing. There's an alleyway like to the back of me. There's a bouncer there checking IDs. I'm just standing there, just like back up in it, just chilling, having like the time of my life. And then I literally feel like warmth on my leg. And I still remember, I can't tell, like, you know, you know how it is with comedians. I can't tell if it's like an actual memory now or I'm just a fucking bullshitting. But I remember feeling warmth on my leg. And I looked down, it was like December time. It was probably around this time. It was like, probably steaming, yeah. Yeah, steam coming <laughs> through it. And I'm like, what's this? So I looked down and I was wearing a fucking Timberland boot. And this I do fucking remember. You know, with the sheepskin in, insert. Bro, all of that shit was drenched. She pissed on my leg. I kicked her over like out of sheer shock. I was like, what the fuck? And then she pissed all down her white dress and got arrested. Sh- Hold on. Props to her, because a security guard is meant to be alert at all points. She snuck up on you, I lifted will- up her dress, <laughs> pissed on your leg, I will- and then got caught at I that point. I will tell you this much now. That is absolute bullshit. <laughs> security guards are not fucking alert. Most of the times we're thinking, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I want to go home. Ooh, nice tits. <laughs> but yeah, no. And then she got arrested and there's footage of it somewhere as well. There, there will be footage of it somewhere. Find that. I've been looking. I did message someone about a year ago to be like, how, how long do you guys keep, keep footage for? Where was this? In London? No, nah, I'm, uh, I'm not going to say. I no. can't, uh, no. Is it in London already? No, no, neither of those. Neither oh. of those. Yeah. Okay. I never used to work in. I used to, it was when I was at uni. I did security for four years. I did retail security as well. Oh. Retail security is the worst type of security you can do. One of the most vicious fights I saw was between two women. Over? In, in an Asda. Over a, it must have been over a dude or something because they were like screaming about it. Yeah, so it wasn't actually like them inside. And there were two teeth and like multiple comps of hair. One Shit. of the women got done for GBH, I want to say. Raw. Yeah. Women are crazy. Women are crazy. Like, women, women don't give a fuck. There's something that switches in a woman at, uh, during a fight where she's like, oh, I'm yeah, taking it. Yeah, red mist, and it? It's yeah. over. It is done. So, yeah, what's, what's single life like being a comedian? I ain't got time. Well, that's but, a bit of <laughs> <laughs> I do what? <laughs> I do, uh, I do, I do. Do you have a day job as well? Yeah, I do a full-time job. And then I do like 16 gigs a month. Yeah. Which is what, four a week. Mm. 
That leaves me three days where I'm chilling. And then Plenty. one of those or two of those might be bringer nights that I have to get someone back for. Yeah. And then I'm fucked. I've got one day to chill out to watch something. Sit in my own stench. Sit <laughs> in your own stench. And just relax. <laughs> okay. That's... Plus then you've got to factor in the writing and... Yeah, it's like there's too much. I don't know. I, I I always think it's quite easy to we just start inviting them to gigs. Nah, that's what. That's Do you know the what the problem is? I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too They'll funny. fall in love with me. Uh, trust me, it won't happen. Like no, that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, 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 I love. I, I can say this because no one's seen me here, <laughs> so I can just say I'm the best. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you now, right? I no matter how good you think you are, and I I've, I've done this. I've done it where it's been so successful, it's just been like a home run, right? I've had it the opposite way around. And one of the worst times that happened was I did... Do you know the Prince of Wales in Brixton? No. Big fucking... It's, it's, a, it's a club slash bar, but they run... They used to run a comedy night there. Really fucking big. About 100 people in the crowd. Um, sell out. Like, everybody's there to laugh and listen to music because it was a music and comedy night. First time, they gave me 20 minutes. Went on and I f- Fucking murdered. Yeah. Right. It was. This was a Tinder date. No, uh, no, no, no. She was there. She was there. No, no. no. I murdered. Right. Absolutely killed. I come off and I'm like, huh. Just fucking great. They were like, oh my god, that was amazing. Do you want to come back and host the next night? I'd never hosted. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me. You just say yeah. Oh, I'm like, nope. No. See, so I'm. I'm I've never hosted. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Give give me the spot. Like I said, a hundred odd people. Right. Yeah. Next time I come along, I bring this Tinder date. It's a second date. She lives like a stone's throw from Brixton. I'm thinking, okay, cool. Name dropper, go on. Nah, fuck that. Go on. <laughs> nah, <laughs> fuck her. She's like an actress as well, so she might now be... You don't talk me. anymore, do you? No, 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 no. This is where the story's going, right? Okay. Everything's going fucking brilliant. Second date, like I said. First date, I smashed out of the park. And then, um, First date you smashed out of the park? Yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. No, That's not a euphemism, no? No, okay, no, no, no. <laughs> Just like the first date went really well. She's yeah. like into me, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice. Take her to there. We go in, it's free drinks. So she's already like a little bit impressed. Like, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Go on. I open up fairly well. And then like the interest is still there. Like while I'm kicking it at the back with her, she's like, oh, that was so good. <laughs> like, thanks. Then I go on. And do you know Danny Muggleton? Yes. Yeah, fucking stellar comedian professional, like multiple levels above... Did oh, he steal your girl? No. Okay. <laughs> well, he cock he cock blocked it by smashing it so much yeah. that I could not follow as an MC. Oh, because what they had was they were setting up music in between. Oh, that's so annoying. Like, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna touch you on the back when we're done. We don't know how long it may take—a minute, maybe five—and as soon as we touch you, wrap up and get off because we need to like do it. I'm like fucking hell, it's my first. Oh, so you doing. couldn't just bring on the next act. You had to fill the gap. Of- had to fill an unspecified gap. And then as soon as they touch me, leave. Whether it's on a fucking laugh or not, just leave. Right? I'm like, fuck's sake. Dan so, is an ama- I went to his one hour Edinburgh show. He's fucking incredible. To this, to this day, I genuinely think he's probably one of the best comedians I've ever like, been on the same night. Well, he's on like, Amazon Prime and stuff now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like solid levels, right? Go on. And I'm fucking, I just die on my ass. And then every time I go on now, I'm just dying. Happens five or six times. Throughout the night, you can just see her interest in me, Dwayne. Yeah, but you've got to, you've got to just fake it till you make it. You've got to go, babe, you know what? When it's like... Bro, when cool. someone kills that hard, you've got to... 
I was fully... You've got to reset the crowd. You've got to bring them back down <laughs> for was, the next comedian. I was dropping all So you'd of fall this. for that, right? That works, right? <laughs> I, was dro- I was dropping this. I was doing all of that. Right? I'm not showing it. I'm just like, ah, this is so fun. <laughs> Inside, I'm crying. Right? <laughs> I know for a fact I didn't relay any of this insecurity to her. Right? I just didn't. And at the end of it, we have a couple more drinks at the same place, like uh, on their rooftop. Have a couple of drinks. And she's like, do you know what? By the way, like we should probably just like be be friends. And I'm like, yeah, nah, yeah, hundred percent in there. Yeah, I was thinking the same in there. Like, yeah, the, chemi- the chemistry wasn't kind of kind of there, was it? <laughs> like, it just, it, just, it just wasn't in there. Like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Bro, I missed my last train back to Reading, so thinking just- I was gonna stay around hers. You <laughs> yes, joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tell, tell me about that. You should have just been like, listen, nah. I, that, I, I had to play it off because I realised that. Especially so wait, did you have plans to stay at hers or you was just so confident? I was so confident. You and nothing, that, nothing humbles you quite like a woman turning around and be like, yeah, that was... And sitting in Waterloo Station for six hours. Paddington. Paddington, yeah. Ended up going out because I actually had a friend. Luckily, I had a friend who lived fucking near Paddington. We ended up going out for a few drinks. So I ended up waiting at Paddington for two hours to my morning train. Yep. So be careful on that Tinder, mate. <laughs> That's why I'll never bring a Tinder date. But it goes the other way as well, where it's like super successful and then you're just like, huh. Just loving life. My Tinder's an absolute trap. It's a picture of me <laughs> in a three-piece suit yeah. walking a dog that I don't own. Wow. And underneath it says, banker by day, stand-up comedian by night. <laughs> and underneath that, for seasonal purposes only, it says, looking for a winter wonderland plus one. Game. That is tragic. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, that is amazing. What a trap. <laughs> oh, mine's similar. Do you know, all of the pictures that I have are either comedy pictures or pictures of me in shape. I was in shape about two years ago. I ain't got none of them. <laughs> I ain't got none of them. I'm telling you. I, if I did, I, in fact, if I did it before years ago when I was when I was boxing, I did a yeah. boxing match for charity. I lost four stone. Shit. Fought a guy that was four stone heavier than me. And just, gonna shit kicked out of you. He was old as well, man. He was oh, so old you really as must have fuck. Him up. And do you know? What? No, I win. <laughs> he won. <laughs> he was old as fuck. But he, um, he, he had, um, he had just more weight, more power, and he'd been training like stamina. Where I'd just gone on like punching stuff. Yeah. So he got the first round, and I was like, because I'd sparred with him, and he'd like. He'd come with timid punches, and I thought, I know this guy, I've sparred with him so many times. Came out to the actual fight, go up towards him. I'm thinking, yeah, I know how he fights. Bang, punch me straight yeah. in the nose. I was like, yep, yeah, all right, different, different, different game plan here then. Yeah. And he just fucked me up for the first round. Then, second round, I came out, done all right, broke his nose. And then, third round, I was just dying. If it went on for 10 more seconds, he was KOing me. I was just blowing out my ass. But we were on fight of the night because we were both big guys. We didn't bother with body shots. We just punched each other in the head for six minutes. Yeah, I, I, I boxed for four years when I was oh, in my teens. That's the way, man. Boxing's uh, the way. Bo- yeah, that's the only time I've ever had a six-pack in my, in my entire life. But What's then that? I took What's a six-pack? Six-pack. 
I, I took up Muay Thai about uh, <laughs> foreign language to me, mate. Six <laughs> How fast did you drink that? <laughs> um, no, I um, I, I took up Muay Thai, and that was the first time when I when I was twenty one. I did that for about eighteen months. That was the first time I realised no women can kick the shit out of you. Why did you think they can't? Man, because I was a sexist, all right? <laughs> like, you're, such a, you're brought up in Indian house. That's what it is, isn't it? It's like typical misogyny. I was like, oh, like you know, I'm like, I was generally about seven stones heavier than this chick. I'm wearing 17 stones at the time. They paired me up in my first like three months or so with this like other female who was like, they were like, oh, the weight will make up for the skill. It didn't. It did not make up for shit. She was kicking the pad so, so hard. I was like, Jesus, like, if she kicked me in the head, I would die. Would you take one? Would you take one kick to the face? For how much? For what? Ooh. Wait, we'll film this as well. I'll do the kick in. £100, one kick to the head. <laughs> no, what? I was literally thinking of, like, millions. Mi- a kick to I, the head? I am sure. If bruv, I was, you call me something racist out on the street, I'll give you it for free. Nah, <laughs> like, bro, a million pounds. I have seen way too much nonsense. Like, you kick me wrong in the head or something, I die. Like, I'm done. A hundred quid? No. Would you take it for a hundred quid? I kick you in the head. Oh, I don't need a hundred quid, but That's if I really needed a hundred quid, yeah. Look, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if I, I'm a hundred quid shy and somebody's going to shoot me in the head if I don't pay him, yeah, then I'll take it, right? But I'm saying that like, I would need like a few... But millions. Few million. A few, few million. Bro, a few million, yeah. But it's me kicking you. I'm not trained. I don't even know if I can bro, reach your head. Respect, but think about the weight behind that. Yeah, kick. but I don't even know if I can get it to your head. Oh, wait, okay, so I'm thinking. So you're going, it could, I could just graze you, I could miss, I could end up falling over. We don't know. You're just getting 100 <laughs> quid. Oh, no, 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 yeah, okay. If you're standing, yeah, okay. Or, or. 500 quid, you lay on the floor and I give it a penalty boot. <laughs> no, so that was what's in my head. Okay, no, oh I yeah, would, that, no, that's fucked up. No, nah, I don't know. I, can't, I saw somebody get booted in the head once when I was, when I was working security. I saw somebody get booted in the head so bad that I thought the guy died. Yeah, it's fucked. Like, luckily, nothing even broke or anything, but I thought he was dead. And I was like, I'm never doing any of this Just shit. like those world star fights, if you ever used to watch them. Yes, yeah. They were brutal, man. People get mm. it is it's disgusting. No, but good combat sport for the right reasons is the way. Yes, and it is. Like, is am I not right in thinking Sikhs have some sort of fighting yeah. thing? Yeah, so it's like you're you're like taught to be like quite martial. So like my the reason why my parents were okay with me like boxing and stuff, they were just kinda of like, okay, cool, learn something. You get a lot of like I, I was talking to So what what like one of the guests that we want is like on the podcast now is like somebody who's into sports like South Asian because it's like a lot of people say that like with our backgrounds and stuff I don't know what what it was like with you guys but it's like sports and like martial arts and stuff are like really fucking integral to like the yeah, culture yeah yeah no nah, sports really important to me yeah <laughs> 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 we got squared paper, a calculator, and a pencil. Said do math. <laughs> no, no. So this is the thing. When like, everybody moved over here, that's what started getting pushed. It's yeah. just like you know, you do this, you do that, and that's it. But now there's like a movement, especially like in the next generation, where it's like you got a lot of Sikh fighters and stuff coming out. Yeah, weightlifters, Sikh fighters. Like bo- boxing in the Olympics is in India is massive. Yeah, huge. They do love uh, to, like. Karate, Taekwondo. Yeah. Yes. There's like there's an Instagram page I follow of like these two two little things, like 
eight, nine, eleven or something. And they were like, um, were they twins? Yeah, yeah. They should definitely have called themselves Sing Song. (laughs) Hundred percent. I would not say that to either of their faces. They're like little kids. They're like, I think they're like really high up in jujitsu. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Like they, I was watching a video of one of them, and I was like, yo, one of these little 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 shits could kill me. (laughs) Like, yeah, but jujitsu is all grappling, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jujitsu, they basically teach you how to like kill somebody and dismantle their body. Like yeah. your knees. So my boy stuff. does that. He does, uh, yeah. Who? My boy. boy. Oh, yeah. bro. He's, he's like six foot three black guy, and he always threatens me with headlocks and shit. And he always yeah. takes it too far as well. But I've actually knocked out someone with a headlock before he did. So I'm like, listen. Fuck. That was weird. That experience. Go on. Detail it out. We got time. Oh, it was that stag do? Yeah. Was that a stag do? And there was uh, this ginger guy who was part of the stag, and he. I was just stood by the bar, but he'd keep coming up and dancing on me, yeah. like like grinding on me. And I was like, "Oh, it's funny, cool," and I just push him away. Yeah. Then he'll come back, and I was like, "Oh yeah, good one. You did that a minute ago," and I push him away. Mm. He came the third time, and I was like, "Do you know what? I've had enough." Yeah. And I just headlocked him from behind. The next thing, his legs just collapsed. Yeah. Dropped to the floor. Ko. <laughs> And I was like, oh shit, because it happened so quick. I was like, oh fuck, that's, so was, his drink was on the floor, everything. Yeah. Everyone got him up and then he just got up and he was like dazed. And he goes, so dancing with you is not an option. <laughs> I was like, no. No, it is fucking not. <laughs> oh, mate. And I just, oh. When we went, we went to, uh, I think it was Barcelona one time before. This is like a complete departure from like, well, it was kind of similar. But we went to Barcelona, we were fucking around with the football ones. And one of my mates tried to control it, he's fucked off his face. And he fell. And you know, on, on like beaches, they have like a small two foot wall or whatever. If you're going to tell me cracked his teeth on it, stop. Because I can't he was handle. so close. Like you have no idea how, he's escaped with like cuts and bruises basically. He was so close to either knocking his entire teeth out oh. or killing himself. Just by... Does anyone else like... does? It's like, like your, your bum hole just goes, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. I was, I was wondering if that was just me my whole life. And obviously I thought I'd air it out here yeah. rather than talk to someone privately and go, does that happen to you? No, no, no. I'll wait till I got a mic and a laptop and a camera in front of me before I ask the world if it happens to them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm fessing up. Yeah, it does. For me, it's anything to do with knees and stuff because I've had like a couple of knee injuries. Oh, yeah, any broken bones, man. Like Gibril say. Yeah, so that happened to another one of my boys, oh, and oh my god, he's a physiotherapist, so he like repaired himself. Yeah, but that oh, it was a football tackle. His foot stayed in the ground, and it just all the way oh, snapped. Man. Oh man! Oh Jesus! Okay, I can't. I Disgusting. can't do that. Do you have anything to plug? I, I feel like that's a good note to end on. Yeah, <laughs> just my gram, Lord underscore Raj two Js. Any gigs coming up that you want to? What, what, what's what, what's what's in store for you next year? Uh. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. December's pretty heavy. Uh, doing that show with Sam Brogan in Windsor. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I was with um, Top Comedy Club. This was this was awkward because <laughs> the headliner was someone called Kate Swithworth. Swith. I can't say her name right. I can't say her name. There's a lot of Kates, bro. Yeah, but she's pro. She's famous, right? Swith or something like that. Anyway, Swaithworth, something like that. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. But I was trying to explain to another comic that I didn't know who she was. 
and she's she's well known for have her interview on Sky News, where she's against like it's a fe- she's a fem- she's a feminist yeah. and she's against this guy who's an author of a book, and they basically get into a little argument, mm. and he just says something out there to end the interview and he knows it's ending so he knows he's getting the last word but she really wants the last word yeah. and so you just see her get so irate but they've muted her and she's fuming yeah um, but that's all I knew her for because I had to google her name to see yeah. who she was and I was like oh shit it's her but this, I was explaining it to another comic without realising that she was right behind her oh. <laughs> looking at me the whole time and I've just gone I can't even say her name it's like Swith or Waffle Waffle or something and she's just looking at me like so I stayed for her set. She was doing 30 minutes at the yeah. end of the show to see if she was going to cuss me while she was on <laughs> stage. And I bet all the other comedians are five that she was going to cuss me. So I just lost all my money <laughs> to all the other comedians because she didn't say anything. Have you ever had beef with a comedian? Uh, No. No, have you? Yeah, of course <laughs> you have. What do you mean, of course I fucking have? Of course you have. Um... I wouldn't even say it's beef because I haven't really done anything. But there's a comedian, I'll tell you his name off air. But basically, we did the same we did the same show a few times, actually. Never really said anything, never like really like hung out or whatever. But then uh, I did this gig over in Camden. And then he... I, I ended up... This, this person in the audience came up to me afterwards. And we ended up exchanging numbers, right? It was all it was all like nice and friendly, so we exchanged numbers. I ended up going home early because I would catch the train to Reading. I ended up taking her taking her out a few days later. Uh, we ended up getting like kind of close, whatever. And then um, she was like, "By the way, do, do you do you like have any problems or anything with anyone?" And I was like, "No, like, it, it was all it was all fine." She's like, "It was just after the show yesterday. We were like, or a few days ago, we were all like hanging out and." Um, one of the comedians there like really didn't seem to like you and I was like okay like, what, what happened like they didn't get you mixed up with Darman like usually no because no, Darman was... can't rub anyone up the wrong yeah, way yeah I know he's like the nicest no <laughs> but th- this was this was me and then um, she was like yeah no he was really like gunning for you I was like oh okay what was he what was he saying she was like oh you paint Indian people in a bad light yeah I know like you joke about stuff that shouldn't be joked about and like, by the way I should point this out right the first, my first reaction was, and I realised I'm a comedian, and I'm more comedian than Indian, because my first reaction was like, oh, my words are, my words are that powerful, <laughs> eh? <laughs> Interesting. But she, he was really fucking going for me. And then um, a few, a few weeks later, maybe, I like kind of forgot about it or whatever. Was the girl a comic as well? No. Nah, okay. She was in the audience, right? But they were like hanging out. She, okay. He basically tried hitting on her, is basically right, what right. she was saying. But then everybody was like in kind of a group and he was like really fucking going for it. And this is what I really didn't like. There was other fucking, there was non-comedians there. If you didn't like my set or you didn't find me funny, I understand that comedians talk, but there's like other... But to be fair, it's their opinion that matters really. Yeah, they exactly. Fuck the comedian. But basically, uh, a few weeks later, I'm, uh, I, I meet up with another comedian who, again, I don't know that well. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I saw, I saw so-and-so. I was like, you guys got a problem? I was like, no, like everybody keeps fucking asking me. And then anyways, that happened a few times because I mentioned it to a couple of other people. I was like, this, and they were like, yeah, nah, he didn't, he didn't really like you. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Never said anything. We gigged together, nothing. Never said anything to me like at all, ever. Face to face, nothing. 
we end up doing a, another night in Camden together. I end up going first. Did fairly well in a ridiculously difficult room. Uh, and then I go on stage and the fucking prick called me a racist. Didn't do any race jokes that night because the room was that difficult. And he was like, oh, I'm the other brown guy, not the racist. And then I was with the, I was with the same fucking girl from that night. And she goes, she goes, uh, don't say anything to him. Because I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for him at the half. I'm going to see what the problem is. And then um, she was like, don't, don't, just don't. Don't say anything, please don't. And then, yeah, just never seen him again. That was only a couple of months ago, though. So. Uh, I'm, try- I'm going to try and guess who that is. Yeah. Obviously, tune in next week and we'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, tune in next week. <laughs> We're going to have him on. <laughs> nah, he's a real little bitch. Nah, gig, gigs-wise, nah, nothing nah, nothing je- big in January yet. But April and stuff, I'm doing Hackney Empire oh, for shit. World Comedy Clash. Uh, I think that goes out to Birmingham, Cardiff, and uh, I might be doing uh, Indians Are Coming tour. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Um, and then the other ones is Arab versus Asians. Uh, just no dates on that yet, but it's all April, March next year. Wicked. Other than that, uh, I've been to, I got booked for a gig where the promoter told me, uh, yeah, there's no MC, there's just two acts, and they've asked for two hood black guys, and I've put you and this other comic in, and I was like, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for putting me in that situation. <laughs> They're going to look at me and go... mixed race. I can't. Oh. My first line is, hi, I'm Raj, I'm Indian. And <laughs> hi, I'm Raj, I'm mixed race. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, it's going to go down great. But Excellent. We'll pop your details and stuff Sweet. down below the video, but thank you for coming on again. Oh, there you go. Excellent. <laughs> Cheers.